What if everything you thought of health and wellness suddenly changed due to a hidden breathing problem that you were unaware of that affects every system in your body? Improper breathing habits are often overlooked in medicine. I'm Dr. Jenny from the Hobson Institute, and this is The Breathing Lab. We are live. Welcome, everybody. We have our wonderful hosts, Dr. Jennifer Hobson and Dr. Martha Cortez, and they have two incredible guests today, which uh, I'm going to let them introduce their guests. I am just here to fill you guys in and uh, listen and learn with you all. So welcome, everybody. You guys can take it from here. <laughs> Martha, you want me to introduce Cynthia? Yes, that would be wonderful. So, hi, everyone. This is, uh, uh, I'm Jenny Hobson, Dr. Jenny, if you want to call me Dr. Jenny. I'm a physical therapist and I'm a uh, TMJ head and neck PT that does myofunctional therapy in Buteco. I have the pleasure of introducing Cynthia Stein. She is a fellow physical therapist that um, has been dedicating her career at, not right now to nasal release technique and really spreading the word around um, the airway, uh, air, airway professionals around this amazing technique. So um, Cynthia is here. Welcome, Cynthia. Thank you. Yes, and then Martha, do you want to introduce Miss Sweet Karen? Oh, Karen. Okay, interesting because Karen and Cindy uh, have come into my life each, each time that when I realized there was something that was off. So Karen Davidson actually I met her on Clubhouse because of Airway Circle. And I had just spoken the word saying, oh my God, it's the nasal, but how am I going to measure the nasal? And that's why we really have come into this whole space is what about nasal function? And this is what Karen Davison now, Karen, could you kindly open up your mic and give us a little, like a little one minute gist of yourself? Because you are something else. Your credentials are unbelievable. Thank you, Martha. Good evening to everyone, and thank you for attending. So I, um, I do have a vested interest. I came to GM over five years ago, and through this position that I work, you know, work with them, I've had the opportunity to really have an inside look to the guts, so to speak, of rhinomanometry, and learn this every single day. So over the past, gosh, almost five and a half years of working with it and research. Um, I've uncovered the, the biomarker of transnasal pressure changes. And Dr. Martha will show how this really affects different therapies. But my background has been in nursing. Um, when I grew up, I thought I wanted to be a nurse practitioner, then a CRNA, but here I am. And um, my background in doctor is in healthcare administration and health policy, but I'm an advanced practice nurse by trade. So. And you're an ENT and you have a history of ENT, ear, nose. So I've been in the medical industry, the medical device industry for over 26 years, but specifically in the ENT world to some level since 20 or 20, yeah, 2001. So it's been 21 years. Oh, Cindy, <laughs> wow. Now, Cindy is a physical therapist who became very involved in nasal and from nasal uh, function, she became involved with concussions because you can't separate them. And that's what this is about. But let's start with a simple thing. Um, are we all good? 
Yeah. Happy. Cindy, would you like to say anything else about yourself that I we might have missed? I might have missed. Well, I, I'm, I'm ex-Navy and I had a private practice in Pittsburgh for many years. And uh, I, now I'm devoted. I, I sold my practice. I'm now devoting my time to teaching nasal release technique. And I see some patients privately. And, and I'll tell you, this work is truly amazing. Un, and the people that have come into my life recently, Dr. Martha and Karen, and I, I've known Jennifer for seven years. They've added such incredible stuff to my work that I'm, it's just even more exciting now. So this is just a little picture whoop, of nasal function. Ah, I lost it. Come on. Okay. And this is what the NR6 looks like. And essentially there's a mess, but first there is a measuring tool that gets put. You plug in one side of the nose and then you measure the actual breathing through the nose and it'll pick up when their mouth breathers. Uh, and these are different views. This is a filter right in the middle. And this is the mask. It's a very simple, because this is about simplicity. He's talking about it. Now, when you get the test, there's two gold posts. And the gold pose is where the higher levels, the 800 cc's, the flow rate. The equator is where you're going to, I call them the flatliners, because that's where the apnea is going to show up. You see the red in the middle right here. Well, it matches with the algorithm that Dr. Karen has put together. The red talks about apnea. So we have found a lot of children are actually severe apneic despite being mouth breathers. That is a big deal. And they need so much more than, oh, maybe we should open them a little bit. And I started actually realizing now doing measurements. Whoop. And you see their flatliners. This person is severe apneic mouth breather. Horrible. Now, if you look at these measurements down here with the arrows, those 4.2 and 5.8 supposed to be just 0.2. That's what normality is. So I, this person was in severe problems and they, all, oh, they only thought they had crooked teeth. So I opened up their transverse palate here and here. You can see that it's opened and I do it with a skeletal maxillary expander. So there's many implants into their oral cavity, onto their bone, opening up the nasal, which is why I seek something to measure the nasal. I realize it's the nasal, but you got to open up the nasal if you can with the opportunity of the oral cavity. This is how it's improved. This is a measurable in six months. Measurable. They actually are now breathing more in the green versus the red. They no longer are apneic. So then I start asking, okay, so we are able to open the nasal. See how the black spaces are opening? There's a big C's near the turbinates. It actually is opening it. This is not nasal surgery. This is opening it up. And we were able to gain breath. So it's wow. the nasal. Wow. It's the nasal. That, that image, go back one more time. And Martha, really? That's really? how much the MSC opens up the yeah. nose? Yeah, wow. Really? And this is nothing. This is a 39-year-old. This is what I'm not supposed to be able to do. The 45s and the males are harder, but you still got a little out. You got a puncture, got a little, create little punctures like basting. Got a little by little. It really is a big deal. So what happened, I started asking the question, oh my God, is the nasal nasal? Is there another method? What about all those that have expanded? Is there another method that we can address the nasal without having to put the prongs? Because that nasal is connected to the maxilla, it's connected to the eyes, that's phenoid. 
and that sphenoid is connected to the occiput where we get our cranial rhythm. So all these are connected. Can we do something? Cindy, can we do something? Can, can we do something? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, I think if you do this technique before you do anything, it'll it'll help the expansion that you're doing. So why don't you talk about the technique? I I only if you the, the slides is about the actual maxilla sphenoid. Then at the end, then we can go on to how it, it affects how nasal release can affect in concussions. The technique uses a blood pressure bulb with a finger to, uh, caught affixed to it. Uh, we we do um, eight insertions. You go below the first turbinate. That, that um, mobilizes the maxillary and palatine suture. You go 45 degree angle above the first turbinate in between the first and second turbinate. That mobilizes the zygoma. And then you go up and back and that mobilizes the sphenoid, which is the third position. And then we go back down and we uh, redo the lowers again to push everything back down. So here are the lower ones. Here are the middles. Mm -hmm. And here's up here in the sphenoid uh, area. Now, here is the maxilla. So do you have anything you'd like to say here? Well, I mean, it, it, we know that the when we directly mobilize the maxilla and the palatines, you're indirectly moving, I don't know, 10 other bones. It's amazing how many bones articulate with those two bones. But uh, Stober, who, who really pioneered this procedure, he was a naturopath and a chiropractor. He said that the palatine really is the break. And that it's very important to, to get that palatine back into the right position. If a baby doesn't have a good suck reflex, um, typically it, uh, the, uh, it doesn't get pulled back down. And so it, that's why nursing is so important and the baby's sucking should, should be very strong so that they can actually mobilize the cranial bones, particularly what you see there, the palatine. Huh. So the palatines are higher up and then the sucking brings them down? Yes. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. huh, they're up it, and then it's like this. And then it it should be like this. Okay. Now, now that was Stober's theory, whether it's right or not, who knows? It, it makes sense. But it though. makes sense. Yeah. Now here's the first insertion, which would be the inferior concha. Why does it affect the maxilla? Like I know some patients, uh, my, um, okay, I have a, 14 year old, she got numbness in the front teeth. I go, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's one of the side effects. A little bit of numbness, pressure up in here and loved mm -hmm. it because for the first time they could breathe. Now, when you think about it, the, when the balloon goes in, it's actually pressing down against that suture and the, you know, the, the palatine and maxilla bone. So, and you have to get it to move into the nasopharynx in, in order to really get the procedure to do, be done properly. Meaning that it goes through the conscience to the back? Yes, to the back of the throat. Got it. That, that um the the teeth sensitivity, like just feeling like your teeth ache a little bit, there is movement there, right? I mean, like you're creating a change in that mid-palatal suture or yes. right. Yes. So yes. that's it's very common to have that sensation that your teeth kind of hurt a little. Well, you actually hear cracking when it's done. You feel um, the, the bones mm -hmm. moving, they crack. Yeah. Well, and we know, know that the sutures have vascularization. It's they're not fixed. So does the ligaments around the teeth. So an uh, osteopathic way of, of doing osteopathy is to take the tooth and go back and forth 
mesial distally, back and forth, and then buccolingually like this, and you're actually doing a cranial sacral suture expansion. Mm-hmm. So this, I noticed, did it. Um, yeah, that was amazing. It's been That's amazing. why children, before they get braces put on, need to have this procedure. Because you're only fixating cranial dysfunction if you put braces on. So I did the nasal after doing the, I'm done. I've expanded. They were really, really awful originally, and they were torqued. It was one of those cases where the the, the posture was unbalanced. The pelvis mm-hmm. was off. The links were knocking the and the um, arches were collapsing. It was one of the hardest. And at the end is when I finally got the nasal because that's when I got it. That's when I did, was able to do it. And both the mother, remember how you said, make sure you do the mother? Yes. Are you talking about the girl that I saw yes. in your office? Yes. I'll tell you, she worked miracles on this girl. I could not believe how crooked her teeth were when, at the beginning. It was amazing. Because they can't breathe through their nose. So what happens, they have, a lot of them end up with these teeth are like 123 degrees. It's supposed to be 110. 123 degrees and they like little birds. And the reason is because they can't breathe. So you look at the teeth and you go, oh my God, that is horrible breathing. You just don't straighten out the teeth. You got to And the mother had the same problem. You could see where it came from. Hereditary. So we got the palatines. Tell me more about the zygomatic. That's into the middle concha. Well, again, Stober seemed to feel that the second insertion moves that, you know, when you're going at a 45 degree angle, it moves the zygoma. The zygoma only articulates with four bones, unlike the palatines and the maxilla and the sphenoid. It doesn't articulate with as many bones, but it's still very important because you see so many people that have asymmetry there. One a zygoma will be higher than the other. The face can be uh, more prominent in one side than the other. So it's a that second insertion really takes care of getting that alignment back. It balances the, the cheeks. Ah, and then therefore the eyes more too, even though the next one, okay, the sphenoid. Really the cornerstone bone, you know, and you have to remember five of the six extraocular muscles. This is part of the reason in concussion, uh, we see restrictions in eye movement in concussion. And um, when you examine the eyes, you can actually tell that, uh, that how the sphenoid is out of whack because five of the six extraocular muscles attached there. One of the extraocular muscles, the inferior rectus, attaches from the eyeball to the maxilla. So oh. when you get this bone, the sphenoid, you're not only are you changing the position of all those muscles and getting them better so that they can work properly, you're also tweaking the pituitary, which sits on top of the central yeah. portion of the sphenoid. And then all those cranial nerves that come off of the base. Yes. Yes. All those torsions, when the sphenoid is torsion, all those cranial nerves are torsion. And it's like some people come in with phantom pain. They go, um, I have numbness behind this. And, behind, and this is before the nasal release. And it is the torsion, the sphenoid, and in the neck that's compressing those nerves. That's neuropathic numbness. But then you have to untorque them. And you also have to remember when we go in, it's very difficult in osteopathy to treat the sphenoid externally. When you get the, when you go into the nose, you are getting the very deep circuitous sutures of that bone. And you're opening up an area that generationally has never been moved. Huh. And so you, not only do you get a lot of 
anatomic changes. You get a lot of emotional changes. And then you also move stuff, what I would, I would call spiritual stuff, what you've inherited. And <laughs> so you see a lot of stuff happen immediately when you move that bone. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. So can these I are the other articulations. Thing about Karen the can tell you that because I did it on her and she <laughs> Karen, why don't you tell say talk about your experience with it? It was like amazing. So I I say I this is my analogy. I say I've never done a drug in my life. I've never done any shenanigans, anything I shouldn't be doing. And this was the most euphoric thing I've ever done in my life. When she I was on my kitchen table, literally on my kitchen table, getting this done. And within 30 minutes, I started crying. <laughs> and then my teeth hurt. And she said, you've had braces. And I said, yes, twice. And it was the most amazing thing. And let me just tell you, I think this affects the pineal gland because I, when I can need to sleep, I sleep so well. Like the melatonin is rushing out a little pineal gland. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Is it kind of anecdotal or do you see that? I've seen a lot of hormonal changes with this technique. Yes. Yeah. I've Brilliant. seen people, women that have, have uh, amenorrhea, I've seen their periods come back. Um, I, I saw a person that had chronic um, gut issues, diarrhea and weight loss. She got better from it. Those, those were concussed people, by the way. Um, um, and which is mostly what I deal with. But I, the beauty of this is, is that a new realm is opened up for the work, which is the dentists, you know, and, and I've always said they should be doing it. And now it's getting out there. So it's beautiful. Well, Jennifer had a question, Dr. Jennifer. No, I was just going to say, I'm the eyes, you're, you're, you're writing, you know, this slide about the eyes. I've been so impressed with this technique around, you know, testing eyes testing the eye tracking and the movement of the eye. Um, I know what, what Cynthia trains us to do is, you know, put the patient against the wall, keep them kind of stable and have them not move their head at all. And you will find one restriction of an eye movement that causes a little bit of a strain or discomfort, sometimes even pain. And if you do the technique where it releases these bones, especially the sphenoid, that, that last position, that third position on both sides, it will really, if you put your eyes in that position and then do the release, nine times out of 10, the, the patient has much less eye strain post-procedure. And, yeah, and, and that's the is, reason... That's the reason, Jen, that uh, in concussion care, there is eye strengthening that's done. And in 80% of the people that do the eye strengthening, they get better, 20% don't. And the reason is they're just too jammed. Jammed up, right, right. So that's all I wanted to mention, because I don't, I don't think everybody understands what this technique does, but the eyes are so um, connected to this bone and this bone's out of position because of whatever reason, maybe, maybe it's a cranial strain for like, I am never had a concussion and I have a cranial strain. I have, you know, I'm, I've got a torsion one ear's a little higher, one eye's a little higher. And 
that's all the sphenoid bone adapting to the way my face grew because I was tongue tied, breathing through my mouth and very high narrow palate. So all of that shifted me. And there's one side of my nose that will crack, the other side doesn't. So that one side's jammed, compressed, and all of it releases in such a way, because I also do cranial osteopathy and that type of functional manual medicine where you're doing sutural work, which I know Cynthia does. Um, my office is, you know, in Chicago is a, really a head and neck clinic. It's specialized in doing all this exterior work, but doing the nasal release on top of doing this, you know, functional manual medicine or osteopathic pathic manual medicine. It's like, it, it's such a great way of releasing the compression that we all tend to have in our heads. And those of you that clench, and you know, there's many of our patients, if you're in the airway world, clenching's already been linked to restricted nasal flow and issues with breathing through your nose that you are going to clench to help open up your nasal pass, not nasal passages in particular, but just breathing in general. And this will help open your cranium and really release that, that compression. So that's all I wanted to say. And Cindy's going to speak a little more about what you just said, but why I'm giggling is because I've expanded so many people and they're all on maintenance, but the nose, some have had surgery in their nose. Some of them have had Dr. Hobson with all the clinic and all the exercise. And they're like, oh my God, one more thing. I said, no, this is it. Because you still have that residual clenching. Why? You still have that residual grinding. Why? Oxygen desaturation. There is a problem of oxygen gains the brain. We need to open your nose. No, no, no more surgery. No, no, no surgery. So I've been now doing the nasal release on them. And that was the touch. Oh, thanks, Barbara. I wanted to say, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I wanted to say something. You cannot separate neck movement from the eye restriction. You cannot exactly. separate the jaw. So once you find the eye restriction, so let's say, for example, it's looking up. I then look at all the neck movements and see which what neck movement increases the eye strain. And typically there is one or two that will do that. Then the third thing I do is, is that I have the person <clears throat> open their mouth up as wide as they can and and put their eyes in the in the strained position and their neck in the in the strained position, and it, we can tell if the jaw position increases eye, eye restriction. And then the last thing, and I just discovered this, you want to look at the tongue because the tongue is connected to the dural tube. So I I, I put the eyes in the restricted position. I put the head in the restricted position, and then I have the person stick their tongue out as far as they can. And typically <laughs> it will increase the eye strain if there's a dural tube restriction. Excellent. So it's really interesting. You can't separate it. Can't it's separate all, it. It all works together. And that sphenoid right here says a lot because if that sphenoid is twisted, now the eyes are on top of the sphenoid and the and the pituitary. So that's a big deal. That sphenoid yes, is. is a big deal. And then the maxilla is right there, right, right in front of it. So let's go to the it next one. There's you know, your right. <laughs> Dr. Martha, I just want to share something real quick. This is the power that physical therapy and dentistry has with nasal release because a personal story, my stepmom had a sleep study done. She sent me the results. 
And what did they do? They gave her a CPAP. I said, mama, it's not going to work. You're above the threshold of nasal resistance with rhinomanometry. You have a posture problem. You have scoliosis. You have a C-spine issue. It's not going to work, but okay. She had nasal release done by one of Cindy's students. And that was in May. Two ENTs want to do surgery on her. And I said, no, mama, no ENT surgery. Has a nasal release technique done. Three months later, she can still breathe nicely. She has an oral appliance from her dentist and she's happy and sleeping well. Mm, that's wonderful. That's a beautiful story. It's amazing. We're taking work away from the ENTs. I not hope, I hope no, no, there aren't any plenty. ENTs on this No, call. no, yeah. we really are not because some of these candidates would not have done as well anyway. Yeah. It all, it, there's plenty of work. There's plenty of thought patterns. You know, it all depends who is your work, your network, who are your mates, who are you living with, who are you thinking with, and the patients are also attracted to that. So I have some patients go, I understand you're, oh, they're coming now and saying, I understand you're doing something with the nose. You're expanding, but you're, I, I, you are you have pl implants that you put in, but now there's something else. I'm going, already, you know, they go, yeah, we know, we heard. So wow. these are some mm -hmm. of the things. It's, it's interesting, but it's a little at a time. I, it's the nasal. I'm sorry, it's, like, it's our breathing. It, what else is there? <laughs> so these are the symptoms that may respond. Can you speak about that? I, these are the only that I, ones that I put down. I, I don't like to put uh, other things. Some people put a lot of stuff. There are other things that it helps, but these are the biggest things that it really shows good results with, particularly post-concussion symptoms, uh, facial pain and pressure, headaches, sinusitis, unbelievable. I, 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 when I had it done on my, I have not had a sinus infection in 10 years. I used to have a yearly sinus infection. Um, it also helps neck pain and snoring. So you did yeah. not put TMD on here. And that's well, something that I, I mean, I use it a lot for my real bad clenchers, the ones that all have airway compromise and it really helps them. So well, I'm going to have to add it, Jennifer. I'm sorry. That. <laughs> I, you know, you just pointed that out. Yeah. I think, I think, cause I mean, in the airway field, people have to know that it's like the snoring sleep apnics, they all tend to have issues with clenching some of them, not all of them, but a lot of them and they compress their head. So this just opens things up. So I think you should add it. And there are papers that talk about the TMJ and nasal and Dr. Karen's the one who introduced me to those papers where the nasal function dysfunction is actually was part of that TMD world. Yeah. So all these appliances, we need to open up the nasal, not just put appliances automatically, get them breathing through their nose get them having the correct neck position, the correct posture, but not just constantly be putting plastic between their arches. I, and I'm a dentist. <laughs> okay, what is the next one? Uh, contraindications. Yeah, I, you know, I just recently, I, I put a few new ones on here. I used to have a much smaller list. I had a student call me up and said that he did somebody that was a cocaine abuser and the person had oh. a massive nosebleed. So My we husband, really yeah. have to 
ask yeah. that question. Have you been snorting cocaine? So you have to look in and if the septum is too thin, you can see it, or there's a tiny hole that is not a candidate. My husband who's a, brought up, that was the first subject. He goes, you got to make sure they're not doing too much cocaine. You got to make sure that that septum is solid versus just a thin little thing. I was like, wow, I never yes. thought of that one. Yeah. So hemophilia's blood thinners. Uh, you know, you, know I, you, you should ask ask that. And, and again, if the person is on blood thinners, you want to make sure they lubricate their nose for a few days with Vaseline just to make sure that their uh, mucous membranes are supple. And um, just uh, it, it, the problem would be as if they have a nosebleed. It would it would be difficult to stop it. But I haven't seen about, it. Yeah. You know, it's I've seen nosebleeds, but yeah. I haven't really had a problem with people on blood thinners because I'm always careful. Yeah. Aneurysms. I'm sorry. Aneurysms. Well, I've treated people that have had strokes. Um, strokes, I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, again, aneurysm. You don't really know unless the person has had has been scanned <laughs> if they have an aneurysm. But yeah. I, again, I haven't I haven't had anybody stroke out on me after I've done the procedure. Severe cranial osteoporosis. How would you know? Uh, well, I, I, if the person has osteoporosis, I, I would start them very gently and ease them into the procedure. I've treated my mother who is 96 years old and she's, she's been fine with the procedure. Good. So. Uh, changing mucosal lining, uh, emotional stability. How would I know? Well, you got to get a, if you have a gut feeling about the patient, you, you go there. stay away from them. <laughs> Now, because, um, uh, you know, people can get funny if they get freaked out by stuff. So one thing I am doing in number 11, the atresia of the cono area, the back of the nasal cavity, I'm actually getting CBCTs before I do the nasal release. One, because I'm a dentist, but I want to know if there's any strangeness because at least I can talk to them about it. Like one of them recently, the inferior turbinate, it says zero, zero, that there is no inferior. Uh, no concha, no space around it because it's fused to the floor. Hmm. So it's going to hurt. <laughs> when I do, it's going to hurt. And I'll probably get into the middle area concha better than the inferior and it's on the right side. But I know it's going to do well. So little subtleties. And I've been reviewing some of the Dr. Tamimi's uh, CBC textbooks on nasal and TMJ and looking at all the different possibilities of formations and what to look for and symptomology. Just, just that. Now, let's talk about the research, Dr. Cindy Stein, Dr. Jennifer Huff. Well, there's been very little done. Uh, uh, everybody knows that this is a big issue now, this chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which was discovered by Bennett O'Malu about, um, oh geez, 20 years ago in Pittsburgh, actually, where I used to have my practice. Um, what you're seeing here is a normal brain on the left and one with CTE on the right causes tremendous shrinkage and uh, loss of uh, big holes in the brain. And I don't know if anybody heard this. I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Franco Harris just died. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. You know who Franco Harris is? No. The Immaculate Reception. That, that it's, he's very famous for the what's called the Immaculate Reception. It was a, a, a game where he caught a ball and, and, and the Steelers won at the last minute. It was, and you I, know what, Cindy? He's a, 
a few days short of the 50th anniversary of that from 1972. Yes, he was 72 years old and uh, very famous in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But I, I hope he had, had made arrangements to donate his brain. It would be, it'll be interesting to see if he had CTE. So, um, but you know, this is a big problem, a huge problem right now that's all, almost all the, the uh, NFL football players' brains that are in the brain banks have it. And again, you don't know if you have it until you're dead. So it's so very hard for me to watch football games now when I think about this problem. Any Anything, martial arts, anything. Now it's like, yeah. ow. <laughs> um, okay, so Jennifer, do you want to speak about the, the actual? Yes, you know, so... Um... Maybe we can, Martha, do you know how to get off screen for a second or stop share for a moment? I'll just stop share. Yeah, stop share so that we can see ourselves a little bit closer. Um, so we are doing some really exciting things. Um, Cynthia and I and Martha and Karen and Andrea, Dean, a, a phys physical therapist, um, associate of mine, have done a research project and it's we're excited that we are even starting the process of collaborating and trying to get this on the on the medical um in the medical literature so um i'll just say a little bit and then i'm sure Cynthia, everybody else can add to it there was 10 patients we got 10 patients to come this was in october and we were able to test 10 patients um, before we we actually did the procedure, we we used the right eye, this right eye uh, um, equipment eye that tracks the eyes and like can really measure right and left eye and give you a, an analysis of the eyes before. Then we did the rhinomanometry that wonderful Dr. Martha Cortez did, um, and then we also Cynthia tested their eye tracking in terms of any strain patterns and their neck strain patterns. Um, and also did the nasal release technique. And then we did all of that again. On top of that, there was a real, a Neil uh, Rivermead concussion, um, you know, form that everybody have to fill out before and after. So do you want to share a little bit with everybody, Cynthia, the, the results of this? And one more, and Dr. Karen donated a lot of the disposables for rhinometry because that yes. was that was really important. So thank you, Dr. Karen. Yes, thank Indeed. you. <laughs> well, we saw, you know, the strain patterns cleared up. We had three MMA fighters, mixed martial arts fighters that were very, very involved. Um, and uh, it was very painful when I did the procedure, particularly on one of him, he cried. It was so, uh, and I made sure that we did a very good treatment. Like I inflated it three times. When he stood up and we re-examined his eyes, the strain patterns were gone. He was amazed. Um, what we found in our results, I, I think the one thing that the next research that we do has to be done with right eye, we saw changes in their fixation. Uh, six of them changed in fixation, which means their ability to look at an object and fixate their eyes on it. Now, um, what, is, what is important about that? Most well, yeah, you can't, your brain can't, can't fixate on something. Your, your brain can't figure out what you're looking at. But the concussion people can't do that. That was what was Concussion coming. people can't do that. And that has to do with eye tracking. It has to do with eye muscle strength. It has to do with the brain's ability to interpret what the eyes are seeing. 
So, and the beauty of right eye, which is an incredible system, is it's a graphic readout that you see of, of your saccades and your, your uh, pursuits and, and your fixation. And, and you could actually compare it, you know, from one time to the next on the improvement of the person. And the unit can also be used to exercise the eyes. So a person that has this unit in their office not only can test, but they could also you know, put their patient in front of the computer and the, and they it, it, it exercises the eyes. People that are concussed can't cross their eyes like you're going to see me do. They can't do it because it, in order to be able to cross your eyes, all the eye muscles have to be strong. So, so that was what we saw. It was an, it was an amazing. Karen, but the biggest thing that changed, and the, you guys, the airway circle is going to be very excited about this. The biggest thing that we changed was what I didn't realize existed in concussion until these beautiful people came into my radar, Martha and Jennifer and Karen, is we changed their breathing. So Karen will talk about that. Go ahead, Karen. What was really interesting, so they, I was sitting in a baseball field and we were FaceTiming and I'm looking at the results. And then I looked at the, you know, the, all of the overall results. We also added the peak nasal inspiratory flow meter. Now the peak nasal inspiratory flow meter is very simple. It's clinically comparable and compatible to doing rhinomanometry, but it does not have the pressure component. It only gives you the flow. What was really interesting is that Cynthia was sitting at, we were sitting at the table and I'm looking at these results and nearly all of the patients went from extremely obstructed, off the chart obstructed to within a normal range of nasal function resistance. So what does that mean? Well, let me back up. There was one in particular that caught my attention. It was, now this was all retrospectively looking at these and one patient caught my attention that they were high and then, you know, the rhinomanometry reading, the PNIF reading was high, did the nasal release, and then post-nasal release, it went higher. I said, hmm. Cynthia, why did this person go higher? And I was like, a histamine response. Did this person have an allergy? Latex a latex allergy. And she looks in the chart and she goes, oh my God, they have a latex allergy. That's how detective and sensitive and specific rhinomanometry is. You'll hear a lot of controversial, it's for research only, it's not validated, but it has been over the past five years. So this just proves that concept of detection to the changes in the mucosal. It was amazing. But what was most important is again, this brought people down from extremely obstructed to within normal ranges, which was amazing. So now, we're yeah. and you know what, Karen, that's never really been looked at like we looked at it. I was going to say, because I, I, I turned around and just kept telling, I said, these are apneic. It's not just concussion. I keep getting severe apneic, modern apnea. How are they breathing? A 19-year-old, I looked at go, do you ever sleep? She goes, I'm up every hour and a half. So every 90 minutes, every 90 minutes, she's up for another hour to two hours. She couldn't sleep. The, the rhinomanometer test proved that it actually was apnea showing up. It wasn't just mouth breathing. It was apnea. And this has never been associated a sleep disorder breathing apnea. It's not just breathing apnea with concussion people. That it was my conclusion. I said, I was like, you got to look at this. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. we're, we're going to and do it. That's a very I serious thing. Yeah. And, and if you think about the nuclei, the sleeping nuclei, the respiratory nuclei, they're all near each other. So it's really almost a, a, a demographic issue. It's it's the the land, the area of where this has happened. It was interesting. Go. Dr. Martha, that's a great point. I was going to tell you. Um, so back in my trauma days, back in the 90s, now I'm dating myself, but I worked in trauma. And one thing that always stuck out in my head was coup contra coup. When the head goes forward, then the brain follows. And then when you go backwards, then the brain follows. And that shearing can create so much damage. But what's interesting is I think dentistry, we need to ask if these patients have ever, ever had a concussion because this the communication from brain to lung is lacking and what appears to be a sleep disrupted breathing disorder can actually be post-concussion syndrome. And, and I want to I want to just say this you have to remember that you don't have to, to go out lose consciousness to have a concussion. Right. All you have to do is is hit your yeah. body or hit your head and your yeah. your brain is going to do that. And remember the concussion is cumulative. Every time you hit your head, more force goes into the skull hmm. and it damages wow. the brain and an inflammatory Ladies. response so has shown up. Oh yes, Renata. 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 <laughs> I have lots of questions coming from Facebook. Okay. Oh. Are you guys okay if I answer if I ask them now or would you like me to answer? No, them? we need to ready. Because we're, 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 trying, we're trying to okay. end it like, 630. Perfect. So, so first perfect. question, um, how young can you do this procedure? Newborn. Um, perfect. I'm bringing my son to you. <laughs> uh, what uh, Chris is asking, what is the actual technique called and what profession does it? Uh, ch ch chiropractors do it. PTs do it. Um, naturopaths do it. Nurses can do it. Anybody doctors. in their practice act that can go in. Doctors can do it. Doctors can do it. I was speaking to my husband, my, my being a physician, and it's actually taught in medical school, except they teach it differently. So what happens, each field now teaches it differently. And that's what's going to. I got actually trained originally in 98 when I was involved with the Switzerland group and because you had to learn how to breathe. And, but in 98, I was a little shy about going into the nasal cavity at that point. Uh, so next, question. next so, question. So there is, and there isn't any licensing, but a doctor can, nurse can, and you should have the, the correct training. There are some Perfect. states where chiropractors can't do it in, Georgia being one of them. I was just going to say Texas that now the another. chiropractor does it different. The technique is slightly different than the yeah, one welcome that- Welcome to Georgia. That, Stein is teaching. Go ahead. Next question. All right. Next question, Dr. Um, Hidalgo. Awesome. Any links to what nasal release is? We'll post a link um, on Airy Circle Professionals group after this live. So you have some more info on it. Anne is asking, where can you find professionals in your area who are skilled in this technique? My website, conquerconcussion.com. Perfect. We'll put that link on there also. And also on the chat. You can write on the chat, right? Well, there's they're not in here. Yes, I could write oh, on the chat here, apology. but it won't, yeah. Conquer, Perfect. So those are conquer conquerconcussion.com. Conquer concussion. I have a practitioner referral list on that. 
Renata, you, um, you had a question on this. I just saw in your chat. What were you asking? You said you what kind of facial surgery, septoplasty mm -hmm. for the cream? So you guys were talking about the contraindications of this technique, and one of them was facial surgery. A lot of our patients have had septoplasty or nasal, you know, um, surgery That's done. That doesn't, that doesn't mean you can't do it. You just have okay. to be aware that they've had that and you have to start slow. Slower Perfect. and smaller and don't agree. Ease them into the procedure. Perfect. I have Thank never you. heard anybody doing this procedure. So, but I'm very cautious. I, I make sure that I, mm -hmm. I start slow. I don't flat. When I had it done on myself by a chiropractor the first time, he blasted me out. And, yeah. and I had scheduled to see him three days in a row and I wasn't going to go back the next two days, yeah. but something said, no, you better go back. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, tr I don't do that it that way on my patients. The first time I see them, I do one balloon, one inflation. Could you talk a little bit more about that? If somebody does find a practitioner and they want to get this done, uh, you just mentioned that it needs more than one appointment. How far apart are they? What should they expect? When people come in from out of town to see me, I do them two times a day. It, again, the, as I said, the work is cumulative. So if you do them, and as long as they don't hit their head between a week or a month later, the work is going to stay, you know, expanded. Um, so you 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 can do it as much as they can tolerate. So since so, I'm local and my patients are local, I'm actually do it the first time within three days to four days, first, mm -hmm. second. The second, if they can allow me to do one in the morning and one in the afternoon, hang out a little bit, then I let go for a week to two weeks. And then I do another two set, same way. Mm. And it's gentle. Usually in five or six sessions, they're pretty good. Yeah. I tell and, people uh, about five or six, really. Yeah. You know, and that only came about since I added eye restrictions. When I used ah. eye restrictions, I, I had to do a lot more. So the wow. way you do the eye restrictions, your eyes, your eye position, your eye muscles are assisting to pull the bones back into position along with the procedure. You are right, because my first couple of cases forgot the eye strain. And then when I went back to them on their sec, like, oh, my word. And all the rest of them, we've been nice and consistent, where now the word is passing where like, I think I want that nasal thing you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that every single person that did this in the study, all of their eye, eye restrictions improved. Every single one of them, their eye pain reduced or the eye strain reduced before um, after the procedure. So that's that's a huge thing. I think that that's very important. In, because in it didn't other. happen when I didn't do the eye. I would still see eye strain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What about... I had a question that was posed to me about nasal function resistance and injectables. Some people, in order to get the deviation of their nose straightened, they'll do like lateral um, injections, um, collagen or different different um, bases of injections. What about those? How would that impact the movement? I have no idea. I'm not oh, familiar with word. that. That's a good question for my husband. Yeah, the thing is, Martha, I'd love to like to know the answer to that. Does it collagen? No, but if it's one of those other injectables, it can move. 
what if it's oh i don't know that's a good question well we'll put the, that on the plate for the next one next question um you're mentioning the ice train i remember whenever we're in phoenix and we're looking at, at everybody who's coming up and we're doing you know the eye assessment and i think everybody had one or two places that they had ice train and i think my case i had it in every single direction almost the ice train so i cannot wait for uh you guys to see my um my case i know everybody here is going to be following you guys know that i'm going to be posting everything that i'm doing this that's benny <laughs> year 2023 you know i've been taking care of everybody i've been getting my kids and my patients so i am going to do it uh i start expansion next year sometime next year so i want to do the nasal release but i'll be uh, sharing everything with everybody in case you guys want to uh follow along uh, i know there's a lot of people on facebook watching this also um, and just as, as a reminder, every other Wednesday now, the Beauty of Breathing podcast is going to be going live right here. Uh, so put that on your uh, reminders, on your uh, calendars, so you don't miss it. Um, and I'm so thankful to Dr. Jennifer Hobson and Dr. Martha Cortez, who are um, coming over here in their free time and giving us so much information and bringing incredible guests. So thank you guys so much. Uh, this is so helpful. You know, we are all working... In this together um so if you're not an every circle member please you know support us uh we offer tons and tons of free information but also we have the membership that you can get to see our um our previous webinars that we do on thursdays we have research a research folder we have so much stuff that we're putting out there to get all of the professionals in this field to work together and to learn together um so we can help more patients so thank you guys so much. Oh, it's a great way to end our year. It's awesome. How do we access this? Because there are people that couldn't get on and they want to be able to access it. How do they do so, that? Yeah. So right now I have everything available in our Facebook page and Facebook group. So if you're not a part of Aries Circle Professionals on Facebook, join us. That is free. It's another thing that Aries Circle offers is the community where you can go get information, ask questions, find a provider uh, to collaborate with around you. Uh, so it's over there. You can just look it up. But I'm also recording this and it's going to go into the membership. So if you're a member, you're going to have access to everything. Membership access. And if you're not a member and you go into Aries Circle, what happens? Um, the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Aries Circle Professionals on Facebook. Airway Circle Professional. That, yes. Airway, okay. Yes, Aries Circle Dash Professionals. Hi, Dr. Cortez. Hi. Hi. Are you teaching okay. nasal breath? Cin Cindy Stein is the one who teaches it. I and see. And he Hi. does a Zoom teaching on the nasal release, and you learn it on yourself. Oh, I and see. And it's brilliant. It's brilliant because I end up doing two releases three weeks in a row per week. And by the time I got to the sixth release, I was walking around. I'm going, oh, my God, I breathed, breathed, breathed in. And I had, uh, what's that, uh, burning nose syndrome, where you have too much space. Like they used to do Empty nose syndrome. Empty nose syndrome. And it was burning. I had burning pain. I'm going, oh, my word. And so now I ate pasta. I ate bread. And I'm not getting my nasal. Uh, I used to sh sh shut down because I'm also asthmatic. Shut down. I couldn't breathe. I would like, and now I'm like, oh, pasta, oh, bread. I ate a dairy and I'm going, hmm, that's, so it was mucosal swelling. 
So my diet has changed right now for a while because it's the holidays. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> and nasal release helped me be able to enjoy more. And that's, <laughs> and that's what I have to say. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. As soon as you started talking, I was going to ask about empty nose syndrome. Yeah. Cindy. Oh, if you can do it with the empty nose syndrome. I, I, I feel that if you do a lot of meditation, they require deep breathing, either pineal gland breathing, that's pretty difficult. But if you, if you do a lot of meditation breathing, there's a wing hop breathing, there's a boma breathing, that kind of can increase the nasal release, nasal passage too. Can you please introduce yourself? Is it, yeah. is it Dr. Oh, Chan? Sorry. Yeah, Dr. Chan speaking. I'm a dentist. I'm in San Diego. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just came in. Maybe I was late, so I didn't know. Um, Dr. Stein was teaching that. I have two spots in my in a class on January 3rd if you want to join, um, you know, to get into that class. you got to let me know real soon, though, because I have to send the uh, supplies out to you. Who is your information? Conquerconcussion.com. Um, if you go on that, you can uh, register. You can register for the class. And then okay. I, I'll call you and I, I, you know, I'll get your address and stuff and we'll send it out to you. Are you Perfect. a or, or dentist? Or, sorry, physical are you therapist. a She's physical therapist. I'm a PT. Oh, I see. Okay, Dr. Great. Chan, we're going to put some more information in our Facebook group, Airway Circle Professionals. Make sure you join our group and you're going to get all the info right there. Dr. Cindy, or um, Cindy, sorry. When, uh, how often do you do these um, uh, courses? I, I typically do three or four or five a month. Okay. Oh, and they're, they're weeknights. Perfect. And how long? They're six to how 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Perfect. So I'm going to add some information and the website in our group. If you guys are not part of it, please join. Uh, and then you guys can contact Cindy from there and get scheduled to take the course. Okay. Sorry. Is that area circle? Airway. Airway circle. Airway, like the airplane. Yes. Uh, but it has nothing to do with airway. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Chen, I'll send it to you. Okay. There you go. I have, I have her on my WhatsApp. <laughs> Perfect. All righty guys. Thank you. It? Thank you again for the opportunity. Good seeing everybody. Thanks for Really, really Thank appreciate it. So happy nice holidays. Everybody. Happy holidays, God everybody. Bless everybody. And a wonderful 2023. It's going to be great next year. It is great already. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank bye, you. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to The Breathing Lab with Dr. Jenny. 